0: and welcome to the Top Ranked Podcast. I'm your host, Rami Rank, and let's jump right into it. Today, my guest is a publicist, actor, and TV host. You've seen her on Big Review TV, Fashion Dolls, and a plethora of red carpets. Please, everyone, welcome Jessica Ross. Jessica, how are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. It's so happy to be here, and I'm really enjoying the nice weather.
0: I know it's actually like gorgeous out there today. I think uh, you and I were talking offline before, but it's like I went golfing this morning, like really just enjoying this. It's a little bit better for quarantine than when it was just like pouring rain when uh, this all started.
1: Right, and and you know things are slowly but surely reopening, so it's like you can you can go out, go to beach, and start you know doing some normal things. So yeah, I'm really enjoying this happy you know sunny weather. I mean, it, that's what I love most, you know, about Southern California is is our
0: summers. Oh, absolutely. It, well, you know, it's actually funny though. So it's like okay. I've grown to let me just say I've grown to appreciate the summers out here because I'm one of those folks like I'm from New Jersey. I actually prefer cold weather. So like I love it out here because it's like I can go snowboarding and everything like in the winter yes. and the summers. I've It's more like since I got into golf that I've learned to kind of appreciate the heat. Like other than that, though, it's like I'm just not a hot you know, person I like, yeah. I don't, if it's like, you know, over like 85 degrees, I just like, like, no, I don't want to go out. I want to stay indoors. You know, I'm a little on the pale side. Like I don't want to get sunstroke. Like I just, <laughs> I, I, I just classic, like, you know, nebbishy hypochondriac, like just d- don't want to deal with it. Do not want to get sunburned. Like that.
1: Yeah. you're used to see. So you're used to seasons then, and snow I, and rain and weather and all that stuff.
0: If if I am lucky enough to see a leaf fall off a tree out here, it's like I've, it's manna from heaven. It's just like like the sense that like the weather changes at some point. And it just doesn't go from like you know hot to less hot. Is a yeah, that's thing. Like, it's like it's
1: fall, kind of almost.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, when it's fall, like, like there were a couple of leaves in my backyard the other day, which was like amazing to me. It's not fall, but there were leaves in my backyard. Yeah. Like that was cool. That was very cool. But yeah, it's probably
1: from from the wind, I'm sure. Of course.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like like when I grew up, where it's like you know, like me and my brother, and my sister, like we'd rake up the leaves and make these huge piles that we could jump into. Yes. Which, like, you know, of course, now I think about that, I'm like, that's so unsanitary and horrible, and <laughs> like, like I have no idea what bugs or creatures were living right? in them.
1: And all the stuff that we did as kids and now I'm thinking, well, I can't believe I did that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because it's like when you're a kid, you're just sitting there with like no sense whatsoever of consequence. You just kind of like yeah. do what you do and go for it. Like, you yes. know, it's, you, you're just, you're like a little walking piece of id, I think is the best. <laughs> to describe it. You're
1: fearless. I, I don't know. I used to like ride my bike down a hill with my hands off the hill on the bars, like standing up on my bicycle. Oh my God. And That's I mean, cool. I'm just, I'm surprised I didn't, you know, I didn't end up in the hospital and well, of course my mom did see if she saw it. She would have probably <laughs> sent me to the hospital. Sure.
0: Well, okay. So here, okay. So here's what I would do again. This is, you know, East coast upbringing. So the house that we lived on was at like the top of a hill or rather like the hill just went down from my house. It was a fairly steep hill going down the road, but when it would really, really snow to the point where like cars couldn't really drive out there is that I would take my sled out just to the intersection and would just go sledding down the street which was amazing until the day that there was a snowplow coming the other way straight at me, at which point, like, I had to, like, veer off and just, like, narrowly miss it by a couple of feet. I mean, it was, like, like, again, though, it's, like, you're a kid, so the moment the snowplow was gone, it's, like, just get right back out and do it again.
1: (laughs) Of course. That sounds, like, so fun. I lived in the hills, too, and I used to always, when I was younger, hoped it would snow around Christmas, and, of course, in Southern California, it never snowed, and actually, my whole family is back east, but my, my parents don't like flying in bad weather, so... It was but always, did you, you
0: know, did you guys like go out to the snow though, just at like, you know, Fraser park or, you know, uh, Mount high or anything like that when you were kids just so you could see I it,
1: did, you know, I did, we used to go and although my parents were really shook on me. So I was allowed to go, you know, skiing on the kiddie slopes and go sledding, but I never went like downhill skiing or snowboarding. My mom would not let me, but we mm-hmm. used to go and like, I would go sledding and, you know, make snowmen. And then, like I said, I remember just going skiing on, you know, like cross country skiing and I loved it. And the funny thing is because my parents grew up in New York, mm-hmm. they're not a fan of the snow. They prefer the warm weather and the beach. And I was like, let's go to snow. So let's go to snow. <laughs> so, I would join my friend pretty often when, they're, when they would go with their parents. So.
0: Well, it's so fun. It's like, and it's so just not what you're used to. I mean, like for my kids, it's like, you know, they've, they've only seen snow. Like uh, I can, I think I can honestly say this just like a handful of times in their lives. Like, you know, if we've been in New York, Um, over like the holiday breaks or when we've taken them up to Mount High, which has been like, you know, two or three times. And, you know, my oldest son, we took him up to uh, Mammoth, but he was like a year old, so he doesn't really remember that trip. But like, you know, for them, it's like, it's this amazing experience. I mean, the last time that we were out there and it was snowing. My younger son was just literally like running around just screaming and jumping and laughing because it was just, it it was something he'd never seen and never experienced. You were just watching his mind get blown at that point. It was really just, it it was really just wonderful to watch. Like I I loved it. I loved every second of that.
1: that. That's funny. My parents probably have some memories of me reacting like that too when I was much younger. And of course, you know, when I was a baby, we didn't have cell phone cameras, but I'm sure you probably have some cool videos of your kids. Like, Going crazy and just really enjoying themselves
0: with the snow. Oh, God. Yeah. Absolutely. It's no, such a shock to. for us. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's like, look, as a parent, it's like you want to capture those moments and memories. And like too many of them just happen like so just organically and naturally that the camera's not ready for there. That like when you have something where you're like, okay, we're indoors, there's snow outdoors. He hasn't really experienced this before. Let me make sure I have the cameras. Like, you grab the camera because you want to look at that in a couple of years and just, you know, see that, you know, pure joy and elation, you know, right after he yelled at you because he didn't like what you did. Like, you know, it's, it's good to have that balance.
1: I know exactly. And that's because with cameras, you can capture all your memories. I mean, that's like one of the best things, you know, I love so much about my phone is that, you know, any on a daily basis, you can just film everything and, like, versus, many years ago when he actually had to buy a camera attach it to your computer download it
0: and there there's a comedian who did this whole you know a bit about how um he's like like look you know it wasn't that long ago that you know you didn't have a phone in your pocket it was the phone and it was this thing in a room and you had to dial it like you know it's not what it is today it's just like technology has completely changed you know how we capture memories and how we communicate with each other and how we share our experiences with each other and it's like like you know in some ways it's kind of cool in other ways you know uh, social media can be a bit of you know a you know, human dumpster fire, but like, you know.
1: (laughs) Yes, Yes. (laughs) there's some interesting things on social media for sure. And and the the most difficult thing too is is to not stay on so much. And I've learned when I go on Facebook or Instagram, I'll I'll say, I'm only going to go on five minutes and then five minutes turns to 20 minutes. And it's just so easy to get absorbed.
0: I, I, and it's like, you never know what you're going to find on there. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, I just have like utter garbage that like, you know, shows up in my Twitter feed and I'm like, okay, mute this person, mute that person. I don't need this. I don't <laughs> need porn. I don't need yeah. all this. And then you find something amazing. There was a video that uh, got sent to me last night and I was dying laughing from this. And it was like, um, a bunch of, uh, European golf pros who were all doing a zoom meeting, to uh, lead into the uh, the BMW Championship and talk about you know locker assignments and all that, and it's like you know obviously it was staged, but it was an absolute like, they just staged it as an absolute utter disaster, and it was incredible. I mean, it's like when you see like guys like 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 you know one's in the middle of like making like a smoothie like you know and yeah. you know like you know he decides to do his hair in the middle and like, <laughs> yeah. another one's telling his wife what a disaster the whole thing is and the, the host is just like you're not on mute like we hear everything that you're saying right now <laughs> like what they have a uh, gary player who's you know amazing and you know mainly retired player now but it's like you know he's known as you know being just a bit of a talker and so they say hi to him and he just starts talking and talking and talking. And so they mute him, but you still see his little box. And in the box, he's like, he's still talking the entire time. And he's doing like, you know, swing moves and everything. And at one point they go back to him and he, they ask him a very direct question, but he's still just like, you know, on whatever tangent he's been on for like, you know, the last like five minutes. And it's just, it was incredible. I was utterly riveted oh my by every second of this.
1: Well, no, I have to say Zoom meetings are pretty hilarious. We've been rehearsing for Malibu Crush on Zoom and having our meetings on Zoom. and. You know, and I guess it's, I use sometimes we I have my video on, and sometimes it's just, it's a mixture, you know, where just one person has video. And it's so funny because one time someone wasn't on mute, and, you know, they were texting stuff, and you were able to see like their message in our meeting. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's
0: just cool. It's just and I I I'm just curious about that, you know, in terms of and I want to get to Malibu crush in just a little bit, but like just in terms of like doing rehearsals in general on Zoom, because one of the the biggest like okay, Zoom is amazing. I, I will give it yes. that. It is so cool in terms of like being able to meet and screen share and be able to do demonstrations, all that. Yes, it is incredible for that. The one issue with Zoom is that there is an absolute lag. So when you are trying to do things that are at all synced up with each other, as simple as singing happy birthday, it just devolves into like utter chaos and mayhem of like nobody being able to like keep up with each other. So like when you're talking about like, you know, doing rehearsals and everything, and it's, you know, very often that's a lot about, you know, you reacting in time to your partner who's also acting, does that get in the way of it for you? Or are you able to just kind of like naturally do it and just own the craft?
1: I mean, I'd say it both because on one end, I mean, so many complications have gotten away. For example, you're reading your scene and then you disconnect mm-hmm. or you're reading your scene and it's your, your partner's turn to, you know, to speak and then they disconnect or there's an issue and one of the 20 million issues that can happen. And so, I mean, I feel like the, we just get through it and it gives you, it takes longer, I would say, because of going back and forth of really doing so much improvising. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I think we still, you know, own it and get our rehearsals done. It just makes things that much more difficult.
0: And is your is your director like appreciative of the improvising? Like is he saying they're like, Yeah, you know, that's actually like, you know, better or stronger than what I had in the script. I'm gonna make adjustments so that we, you know, don't like it's almost like you're workshopping it to an extent.
1: Yeah, so definitely. You know, I mean, I th- I think that you know, is really satisfied with it and it's more or less like it's doing what we can, you know, with the situation that we have and just trying to make the best of everything. And so I think that when we do st- start filming because of all the preparation we've had will be it'll be that much better versus you know I've worked on some projects where you get cast and you start filming you know within a few weeks Mm -hmm. Um, but versus now with all this preparation I think I'm gonna know the script that much better I'll know my character that much better so now it's just the key to be able to shoot and things get back to normal (laughs) so (laughs) without all these restrictions as you know the restrictions are absolutely there's so many of them
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. And it's like, you know, you know, as far as entertainment goes, you know, I feel like we're one of like the hardest businesses to uh, be able to manage and operate. You know, it's, it's interesting that it's like, you know, I think the only one that you could come close to it with is a hospital. But the difference is at a hospital is that you can wear PPE and still yes. do your job and do your job without a problem. We, we don't have that luxury. I mean, if you're trying to perform in a scene, you know, you're not wearing a mask, you're not wearing goggles, you're not wearing gloves, you know, you're wearing the costumes that are required of you by the show and, you know, to be able to tell the story. And so it's the the questions that, you know, everyone's trying to answer right now is, okay, well, how do you do that and ensure that everyone can come back to work in a safe environment, knowing that, you know, I can't say that you won't get anybody sick or that you won't get sick, but that it is highly unlikely that you will get sick. And, you know, the the answers to that, you know, unfortunately, they're just not comfortable answers. You know, it's a lot of testing, it's changing the way everybody operates. It's a it's gonna be a whole new world out there.
1: Yes, no, and, it, and it's and it's you know, it's exciting and stressful and it's you know wracking at the same time. I think it's so many different emotions because it's almost like you're starting over again. Oh, yeah. totally. And it's like all of a sudden everything that you know and everything, you know, from Uh, the audition process now being on zoom and you know like one thing i i mean because i've done a lot of auditions on zoom even before coronavirus but Mm -hmm. i think that auditioning in person can be better in a lot of ways because you get to connect with the person and there's just something i think about acting where it's just much better when you see the the person you know up you know up front um for an audition
0: well yeah and i think i think it's like that in you know just about any interaction is that if you're always if you're there in person with the uh, person that you're supposed to meet with, the connection is going to be much more palpable than if you're, uh, than if you're not, if you're doing it through zoom or Skype, like if you just sit there and record a video and send it off through email, you know, that, that's not a connection. That's a submission at that point. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost the equivalent of like when you walk into these casting offices and you see like the old mail bins that are just full of like 10,000 headshots. It's, you know, none of those are real true experiences, you know, I, I think like, look, like, you know, in, uh, like I've worked in entertainment for about 16 years now. The only time I ever remember actually receiving a headshot was I was doing a pilot and yeah. we're shooting in Austin, Texas. And, you know, like the production office occasionally will get a headshot in the mail. It's, it's just something that happens. And this person sent multiple headshots along with a handwritten cover letter in which she explained, you know, that she'd gone to a couple of acting schools. I hadn't heard of any of them. And then proceeded to say that the reason that she was perfect for our show was because she lived in Austin and we were shooting in Austin. And then went on to create a character that didn't exist in the show. And then went on from there to then create a really crappy subplot in which she's like a live-in housekeeper or childcare worker. I mean, these are the exact words who is like really stoned at all times, but (laughs) totally gets what's going on. And it like, it was so far from like, anything wow. that was going on in that show that it was, yes. it was i saved that i still have that letter because it was incredible it was absolutely incredible and like i mean we were dying laughing reading it. it's like it's a very sincere submission but at the same time it was like okay yeah
1: <laughs> <I, laughs> a little where, where do we begin she here she has to do her research i don't think she had she's a little new to the industry
0: <laughs> yeah just, just a tad just a I tad <laughs> So let's, let's talk about you though real quick. Cause I want, I want to rewind back. Let's go all the way back to the beginning here. Cause you know, uh, you're one of those rare folks that actually like you live and work in the entertainment industry. And this is the kicker is that you are from Los Angeles. And yes. cause like 90% of the people that I know in this business are not from here. You know, we're, we're all transplants from somewhere else now, but you've mentioned in like other interviews that, you know, you got to be on set as a kid, you saw tapings. was your family in the business or were you just yes, like, yes I, yes,
1: I have family in the industry. So, uh, a third cousin of mine was a well-known director, and then my dad was also an executive in the entertainment industry. So huh. he worked for a lot of big companies. And then my third cousin was director of *Dirty Dancing* and *Sister Act*. And oh, wow. his name, is Emil Ardolino. Uh huh. So he won he won many awards and clean like Emmys and Oscars and was nominated for a Golden Globe. So that's how I was exposed through my you know through my family at a really early age. And although when I, when I was young, I mean. I think, you know, as a child, I was so much more about having fun with my friends, enjoying myself where I was exposed to it and I saw something that I loved and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do or I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking so much about my career when I was really young. And when, you know, when you're when you a child, you don't realize how blessed you are or you don't realize the connections that you have or you, you don't really, you're not very self-aware, I would say, as a child.
0: Well, yeah. And that was one of the things that I was curious about. Because like, for me, it's like, you know, look, when I was a kid, you know, I love the idea of like, you know, coming out to Hollywood and being a director, but it's like, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey and like, it it seemed like such a far off mythical idea. I mean, I've told the story before, but it's like the the general attitude was that if you try to pursue a career in this, that you're probably going to end up living in a box. And so I like, you know, it was very discouraging for a long time until literally I was in college and, you know, I just did the math in my head was like, all right, well, you know, if that were true, that no one would be successful, but there are people that are successful. So maybe I could be successful. But like for you, because you kind of grew up with the business around you, does that yes. make you know a career in that seem just much more attainable and much more realistic?
1: I was definitely because it was always in the back of my head. that you know entertainment was what I loved, and it was what I was exposed to the most growing up. And just being around it—I mean, meeting my first celebrity when I was five years old, and then going to events at a young age and meeting celebrities. Then even. You know, starting when I was in high school and I was you know too young and to be going out but I would start going out and meeting you know celebrities you'd see them on TMZ and then I'd be at the same parties and events as them mm-hmm. and so it does it seems like it is something just as viable as let's say being a doctor or being an accountant you feel like okay you could be an actor you could be a singer because it is right in front of you and you know for example I didn't myself because I can only act I can't sing or dance but Mm-hmm. I had several friends that auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club growing up, mm-hmm. and so to, to uh, even audition for the Mickey Mouse Club, you have to be able to sing, dance, and act. Triple thang and thang. yes, and so like so I'm great at acting, but singing and dancing not so much. And <laughs> so, so I never, I never had a chance to. But I it was like one of my dreams growing up was I wanted to. But um, I had several friends that did, and it was is like. So when you see that in and you're around it, I remember my friends, you know, going to vocal classes and talking about their audition and then- myself Were you jealous of the-
0: them at that point?
1: I would honestly, no, because like when I was a little kid, you know, I was so fortunate growing up that I really didn't have a reason to be jealous. It was just like, I wanted to do it, but at the same time, I wasn't at the stage where I was thinking about my career. I was really thinking about when am I going to go hang out with my friends and, you know, like when's the next fun birthday party? I mean, that was kind of more of what was on my mind when I was a child was, <laughs> when do I get to go roller skate and, you know, go to the park and stuff like
0: that? I, <laughs> so I, well, of- I get it. You, you want to do kid things. You're not thinking of building a career when you're, you know, like six, seven, eight years old.
1: No, I wasn't one of those kids at all. I was definitely not one of those kids that was like six or seven years old and that was like ready to go to work. I think when I was a kid, I was so much about being a kid and, you know, having a childhood. I was like just very much, I you know, play with Barbies, play video games, you know, watch Disney movies and, you know, just all those kids things. And I think that, you know, I, I think that's a good thing because once you're an adult, of course, you never could go back to your childhood. So I think it's good that I was, that I didn't grow up too, too fast because especially in this industry, it's very easy to grow up very fast. And I probably did grow up faster than a lot of other people that, you know, didn't grow up in a big city like a New York because you're exposed to so much out here.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you know, there's a lot of times where like I'll I'll see child actors, and you know, sometimes it it, look it's a good scenario, and you know, they're they're doing what they love doing. But a lot of other times, like you look at them, and you feel like the parents have pushed them into it, and you know, unlike you, they're they're losing their childhood in those types of scenarios, and so it's it's kind of sad in a way.
1: Yes, definitely, and I think it's the most important thing is that you have to really want want this for yourself because it's so much effort and so much work. I mean, even though from growing up in the industry and I've had so much more opportunities than, than a lot of other people, it doesn't mean that it's an easy road to make it. It's really, I mean, no matter who you are, it's a difficult road and it takes a lot of work and many years. And so I think for for a parent to push your kid when they don't want to, you yeah, know what's wrong? I mean, you have to be 100% into this. This is not like an office job where you just go in and clock in and clock out type of thing. No, It's very much like your career is essentially your life because you're not only acting, you're doing press, you're in the public eye. So mm-hmm. there's now, a lot more.
0: My, my line used to be home is where the bed is. I mean, that that's the reality. Like, you know, a lot of the times when you're working this business, you know, whether you're in front of or behind the camera, I mean, your day is starting at four or five o'clock in the morning and you're not getting home till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I mean, you know, it's just, you there's a bed somewhere, you sleep there, but yes. you go back and, and work is life, unfortunately.
1: Yes, yes. And lots of coffee, you No, know, and it's true. And I've, I've spoken about that in many of my interviews where you can be on set literally 15, 20 hours a day and mm-hmm. you can't leave until your scene is done no matter how tired you are. Yeah. So you have to really get your, and then, you know, you have to try to get your rest. But then let's say if you get home at one in the morning, you have to be on set at seven. How do you get your rest?
0: Well, so. yeah. And, and that's one of those things where it's like you, you get to um, like the, there. I, I don't want to say that it's across the board because I have worked on shows and, you know, the, the one that I'm involved in right now is very much like this, where, you know, you try to be as humane as possible to your cast and crew in terms of being able to get them rest. But that doesn't hold true all the way through. I mean, I, I've done shows where, you know, it's I'm working six days a week and 16 to 18 hours a day. And come the seventh day that is supposed to be my off day, all I can possibly do is just sit in a dark room by myself because I just can't deal with anything else. It's like literally you're just burnt beyond burnt beyond burnt. Yes. And, th- and that's what the industry can do to you.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. And and I, th- and I think that like a lot of people when they get into it, they have to realize that it really is a lot of work. It's not just red carpets and it's not just all the glamour, but you, it really is a real job just like any other job. Oh, and absolutely. You have, to, you have to show up and, you know, give your best and no matter how tired you are or what's going on with your life, when you're on set, you know, you're on set. So, um, and
0: you, you better be ready for a job with a lot more rejection than if you were working at like an insurance agency. I mean, like, yeah,
1: that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah only no, you, only in, in the entertainment industry can you do a great job and go to a hundred auditions and still not book work.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's It's so true. It's so true. I mean, it's like, like when you look at the numbers of folks that are, and I guess that goes back to, you know, the original thought that I had in my head when I was a kid of that, you know, it's almost impossible to make it in this business. You know, I, being out here now for so long, I, I've kind of adjusted my attitude, which is that it's not almost impossible to make it in this business. But what I do believe is that it is very difficult to make it to the point where you're enormous in this business. If you want to get into this business and do it as a career and a living, it can absolutely be done, but you need to be ready to sacrifice, you know, a significant amount in the way of your personal time and understand that, you know, the life of like a, you know, a a Chris Pratt or a, um, you know, like a, I don't know, Zoe Saldana, you know, huge stars is not the average life that you're going to be living.
1: Yes, definitely. You know, and I think, and again, because with the entertainment industry, it's, unless you're like, unless you've like already halfway made it, it's such a mystery, you know, to people oh, yeah. on the outside. So I think before people get into it and they see it as like a traditional career, but it's really not. And, and that's the thing is like, there is really a big sacrifice what your personal life until, until you're an A-list star, because in addition to filming, you know, you have events and publicity and so many different things, and so that takes time away from your family and your friends and everything else. And so there's times when I've canceled on birthday parties and other you know events at my friends because of a red carpet or because of an interview or because of a shoot. Yeah. And so yeah. and so there's like all these little things that that go into it. So it's, that's why it's like so important that you have to want your career really badly and also understand like okay you're probably not going to be a, an a lister, but if you work really hard, you can maybe be a. C-lister
0: or C-lister. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the uh, the general advice that like I've I've told people, you know, said that they they're interested in getting into this business. Said, okay, well, if you can picture yourself doing anything else in life, go do that because that means you're not meant for this. Like you, ha- this has to be all you picture yourself doing is this because you're gonna live it, you're gonna eat it, you're gonna breathe it. I mean, it it, it is what your life becomes. It is very all encompassing and it can be incredibly rewarding. I know I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. Um, and at the same time, though, I also have no idea what else I could possibly do in life to give me the same type of, you know, fulfillment that I get, you know, for my career.
1: No, exactly. And I feel very similar. It's like, there, there is something just about being on set and something about seeing a finished project. And just, I just see it, the whole process of it, I mean, just transforming into someone else, playing a role. I love, you know, I just love everything, working with people and just reading a script and then seeing the script come to life. Uh, I just love watching the results.
0: And for me, and this is something that's always curious to me So for you. I know that you, you know, prescribe to the method acting, you know, approach to acting. And so when, when you get yourself into character, I mean, when does that start for you? Is that like, you know, are you doing like the Heath Ledger, Daniel Day Lewis, where you live in that character for months at a time, or is it you wake up in the morning and you, you know, basically, you know, go through a process in your trailer. Like, you know, what, what is that process for you?
1: Yes, I would say I'm def- definitely not as extreme as, as those other actors. Um, I'm definitely more moderate. Where every day I study the character, I work on the character, I read the script over, and I write down different thoughts about the character as I'm filming. Because a lot of times, as you film, you know, you have different thoughts and ideas about what the character could be, different personality traits. You know, just any ideas. Maybe you know, you, you think of like a food that they like, or you think of mm-hmm. a place that they travel to. So a lot of times, I'll. I'll take notes, you know, on my phone about my character and just read the script over reading the, keep reading the script over and try not to get myself too distracted with things, you know, in my personal life. I think that's that's one thing is important is to not have too many distractions because yeah. then you take away a lot of your focus to the character's emotions when let's say you're focusing on you know, getting your your birthday party ready or something like that, that's this weekend. If you're all of a sudden yeah. thinking about your birthday party and then you have a character that is, let's say, I don't know, you know, dealing um, with something really sad, it's like, okay, well, you have to definitely, like I said, drown out the distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the way, like, how I, you know, keeping the characters, let's say, drown out distractions, really try to focus. But I definitely get back into my normal self, you know, after, you- after...
0: Do you do like meditation or anything to help you with this? Or is it just, you know, oh, you you just find your way into that character?
1: I would say maybe a little bit of meditation and also just closing my eyes and just kind of like, you know, not like clearing my mind for a few Mm -hmm. minutes and then really just starting to read the script. I think like when I start to read a script and I'm just focused on the script, I put all my energy into the script and into the character.
0: Nice. Very, very cool. But now when you went to college though, you studied marketing, right?
1: Yes, I did. Yes.
0: So, but did you have acting in your head at that point and like marketing was a plan B or what Or what was going well, on there?
1: Well, actually, so I actually took some acting classes and it, it was, I, I did marketing because I majored in marketing
0: mm-hmm. because
1: first of all, my parents wanted me to have a major that would help me get a good job. Yes. So my parents wouldn't have approved if I was a theater major. So that was <laughs> one, I guess you could say the main reason and they were the ones that were paying for my college, and you know some the other expenses that went along with the co- with college, and I'm sure you're probably thinking about with having. What yes. And so that. Yes, I'm going to sell were- the house
0: eventually, and they can go to school. That's a that's I think where we'll be at.
1: Well, well the good thing is that the the housing prices in that area are, are really good, so you'll be able. to- Oh yeah.
0: It. Oh, it's great. No, I'm thrilled with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so um, but, so that's, that's why so I in marketing because obviously I, you know, I want to make my parents happy and it was also something that I enjoyed and I also knew that I can apply it to acting because, uh, you know, as an actor, promoting yourself in marketing is so important and especially mm-hmm. now being with social media and everything online. And um, so, yeah, so I majored in marketing. I took calculus, econ, you know, all those business classes and... Uh,
0: yeah. And then event. And so after you graduate, then you start working for an agency, right? Was it a PR agency that you were working for at this point?
1: So now after I, after I graduated, but well, yeah, actually I worked for a talent agency, a temp firm talent agency for oh, a few okay. months. Okay. And then I did casting at MTV for various reality shows. And um, that was...
0: In that world. That's fun.
1: That was really, <laughs> <laughs> really exciting and interesting. I mean, you meet so many people. You get to go to all these different places and um, you get to learn about the process. And as an actor, I really love knowing from the PR side, the marketing side, to the casting side, and the acting side. Mm-hmm. Having an, an understanding of each side of it makes things so much easier.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, basically giving yourself your own leg up for, you know, as you transition to acting. And so, uh, so after the casting work, was that like at that point, you're just like, look, you know, acting is really what I want to do. Let me see how I can break into this. So w- w- how do you make that transition?
1: Well, actually, I started I started doing acting in college. Okay. And, uh, I, so, I, so I did so I did acting in college and I graduated college. And then I also you know, did acting and casting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had taken a break and moved to Miami after working at MTV for a while because I, okay. I got a job for team in Miami. And my parents actually bought a second home out there. And so they were living in um, in a suburb of West Palm Beach in Jupiter. Nice. And so I decided to move to Florida for a real estate opportunity. I took a break from acting. And then after taking a break from acting, I moved back to California for a PR job. And okay. my parents moved out here as well. They didn't like the Florida summers. So oh. <laughs> they are awful. I'm sure you've dealt with them before. Uh,
0: yes, I've, I've been through Florida in the summer a small handful of times and it was never pleasant it's you know about uh, 112 degrees and 130% humidity so it's yeah. uh,
1: i mean it, it is it is awful and i think that's why i even treasured california summers even more i spent one summer in florida i said never mm-hmm. again so,
0: <laughs> dry heat is a good thing
1: <laughs> yes yes definitely like when you go outside and you're not you don't feel like you just you know went stepped into a puddle and you guys when you go outside and you start sweating just the mm-hmm. second you walk outside and um, and not to mention the bugs and lizards everywhere. I remember in the summer you walked on lizards practically.
0: Yeah, that's not good. I, I, I mean, for me, it's like I, I personally don't want to live in a state where it's natural to have a fear that an alligator will eat you at any given second. Like that—that that just doesn't sound good to me.
1: <laughs> no, you know, and Florida has, has a big alligator culture. It's yeah. That, that you mentioned, we actually went to a swamp in um, you know North of West Palm Beach, and we saw alligators. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, first time I outside of a zoo that I saw alligators, you know, up close. So that was pretty uh, interesting. Not too yeah, far, I,
0: I, I I'd be terrified. <laughs> Literally, just feel <be> like, <laughs> like like I need I need to get I, like I don't know how fast they can move. I know they're really strong, and I'm not in great shape. So that is not a good combination <laughs> when, when all the well, well,
1: I wasn't swimming with them, so. <laughs> that
0: well, that's bad. good. That's good. You should not have been swimming with it. Nobody <laughs> should. I mean, when I see yeah. the jackass guys do that, I mean, like I uh, just think I'm like. They're going to die. They're absolutely going to die. Like how they're they're still alive.
1: I've I've seen that show. How they're still alive. That's that's (laughs) (laughs) I
0: don't don't know. I don't know how it's funny. I'll tell you this. So when I was in high school, I was hanging at my buddy's house and he's like, I got this thing you got to say. I'm like, well, what is it? He's like, like, it's called CKY2K. I'm like, I what what are we going to watch here? He's like, like, look, they're this band. Can't kill yourself. They did like this video years ago. They're like skaters, but they also do some funny, funny stuff. I'm like, all right, let's watch it. And like, we watched it and that was, you know, jackass before it was jackass, you know, it was bam. It was a whole bunch of the guys like Johnny Knoxville wasn't there yet, but you know, they're just like beating the hell out of each other and like, you know, doing these crazy stunts and everything. And, but they're horrible to each other. And like my buddy and I are watching like, this is hilarious, but we would not want to hang out with these people. Like we would not be able to live like this. This This is insane.
1: Yes, no, yeah i mean if i hung out with him i would just watch in the sidelines and i would just film it on myself <laughs> i think
0: i think you have I, I think you have to but i also don't know how you can do that like like <laughs> I, have to, I i know one guy who was like an ad on like one of the jackass movies and it's like like I, I'm just thinking, of like so, they really just walking around like shaving heads and stuff. I mean, it's like like I don't want to go to work where that's a concern, like that. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. just, like <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem positive. Little <laughs> little
1: questionable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. So so yeah. So so then um. So yeah. So so when I so after I moved back to Los Angeles, I started working in PR, uh-huh. and my one of my first major clients was a Kardashian TV home, oh, and cool. so that was that was you know another incredible client and so many great stories from that i mean i remember the owners of the house talk about tour buses driving through the home you know past the home trying to see the kardashians but it was really their tv home so there was no kardashians to be found right (laughs) (laughs) by and sit there and wait and then the the owners of the house would you know be like looking at all these paparazzi and they're like um they're not for us
0: (laughs) well that that's the and that's the funny thing it's like you know uh, like reality television is just not reality in any way, shape or form. Like, yes, like, it's you know,
1: like,
0: yes. Oh, yes. go ahead, reality go Reality
1: in quotation marks definitely is like,
0: yeah, you know, what, it, like, because when you work in reality, I mean, they refer to it as unscripted TV. And I think that that is probably the, the most accurate definition of it because like a lot of the reality work that I've done, it's like, you know, you know what's going to happen on the day. You know what the story is going to be. You don't know exactly how the people are going to say it, but you do a couple of takes, and they're going to get it right. And occasionally, something surprising and you know unexpected does happen and makes it to the air. But you know that that's more the exception than the rule when you're working in that area.
1: I know. I, I have to agree on that definitely. Um, and I and I do think that that you know that's why they call it unscripted nowadays instead of reality because mm-hmm. I've seen it's showing unscripted more. Than reality I've seen like the term definitely, um, switching over. So, because it's not as real per se, a lot of shows aren't as real per se as they are, as, as they look.
0: Yeah. I, the, the Osbournes was not an accurate portrayal of a uh, home life if you will.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course editing. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's a whole other story where you have <laughs> twenty hours of footage, you know, you make it into a 22 minute episode and you can switch things around and oh yeah, switch the storyline and make someone, I mean, if you're on camera 20 hours a day, you're going to have good scenes, bad scenes, you're, you're going to have everything. So you can make someone look however you feel like it almost.
0: Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, whenever anyone tells me about like, they saw something on TV and, you know, oh, I can't believe they did that. There's no way you could fake that. I'm just sitting there like, yeah, there is. Yeah, you can, yeah. because it's like, look, you have to remember that they, there is, you know, either whether it's a director or a segment producer or just a regular producer who's out there and coaching the folks to doing what they want. And, you know, you're going to get like a lot of stuff. You're going to get a lot of stuff that's not so good. You're going to get some stuff that's kind of interesting. But depending on how you edit together, that's how you're going to tell your story. And how you tell your story may not necessarily be how it actually happened, you know, depending yes. on what you you leave out or leave in.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, like, I'm. I've never done any reality shows where I have to live in a house for 24 hours. The- <laughs> and I've been advised to do a lot of those throughout the years, but I just won't. <laughs> because
0: yeah, <laughs> it just seems awful. It just seems yeah. awful.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I love you know. I, yeah, I'm like, okay, like to have a camera like in your in your entire house and with a big group of people. Um, no, <laughs> I'm like that. Just seems like the beginning of a. Bad idea.
0: Yeah, well, it usually is. I mean, look, I look. Here's what I'll say. I love watching them. Look, too hot to handle. Awesome. You know, love is blind. Awesome. Love that stuff. The The Bachelor. I never watched it until this year. I watched it obsessively with my wife. You know, like I I get watching it is great. I could yes. not imagine living in that situation. I mean, that's Thank just you. like, oh, it's painful.
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, for anyone that can do that, I I am so you know I commend them because. That I think in terms of on camera or acting jobs That is probably the most difficult to be on a show like The bachelor the real world any of those shows survivor
0: Well and that but that's also one of the interesting things with you know acting in general is that there almost is like this uh, You know kind of a social contract or like a, a big trade that you make Where you know, even if you're not on a show like that As your career gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you end up having to trade away, you know, first small amounts, but eventually massive amounts of your own privacy and personal life. And, you know, like, I I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because that that to me is just like, like, I don't know if I would ever want to, you know, give up that much of myself.
1: Well, you know, that's actually, you know, that's very interesting that you brought that up because I've noticed, especially when I first started doing acting over 10 years ago and social media wasn't. As much as it was now. I mean, you know, it was like Instagram was barely starting, you know, iPhones were just coming out. And honestly, I have to tell you, I mean, I'm not an, you know, I'm not an A-lister yet. Um, or, you know, and so. Key word yet. There you go. Not yet. Maybe one day. But <laughs> I have to tell you, with because of technology and social media, you really, even if you're not an A-lister, you still have to deal with a lack of privacy because of social media. Because, it used to be okay up until recently, where unless you were, you know, Britney Spears or someone at that caliber, you didn't have your personal life on social media. You didn't have, you weren't, you didn't have to worry about that, because mm-hmm. unless you were able to get on TMZ or Entertainment Tonight, there wasn't, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, and all that other stuff. But now, no matter what stage you are in your career, I mean, once you're on a TV show, once you're in a movie, you really have to deal with you know people stalkers um you know just all types of random people whether it's messages on your phone or messages on social media there really is you know a lot of a lot of people out there and you realize that anything that you post or say anyone can see and so it's so important because you don't know what everyone's motives are you don't know who's who and i think you just have to be really really careful whether it's like not posting where you are at the same time, like not posting a lot of personal stuff, because like so with social media, I think the people use the attitude used to be like, okay, well, you know, I can do whatever. I'm not that famous yet, but now you have to watch everything from when you go out in public to mm-hmm. what you post. I mean, I've, you know, I've gone out to restaurants with friends and I'll see people I know. So it's like, let's say if you go out and like, you know, you trip and fall on the sidewalk Someone has their cell phone camera, and then they post it all over social media, or they, you know, they sell it to one of the websites. Because nowadays there's thousands of celebrity gossip sites. So I've been on, you know, many different websites throughout the years. Luckily, yeah. for not anything really bad, obviously, <laughs> or bad period, just you know, me walking the red carpet, and stuff like that. But it, but yeah, but at the same time, if I were to have done something embarrassing, it would be on Getty Images or be on one of those sites because like I said, nowadays you have thousands of websites out there.
0: And I mean, is that something that like, you know, it it just creates like almost like a constant stress for you where it's like the moment you leave your apartment, it's like everything I do must be perfect and up to society standards, not just of now, but of what it's going to be in 10 years from now. Otherwise, you know, somebody's going to come back and find, you know, what I posted or what I did or what I said, or when I, you know, as you said, like when I tripped and fell.
1: Well yeah, I I would say like if plus leave, you know, if you're just leaving and you know, you're by yourself and no one knows you, then it's one thing. But I would say anytime that I'm out socially, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm definitely worried because whether it's a friend or a former friend or someone that knows you. I mean, anytime you're out in public socially and people know who you are, you know, you just never know who's there. I mean, like there's times when there's people that recognize me and I don't recognize them. Yeah. That happens all the time because so many people know me and I know a lot of people and you can't remember everyone, you know?
0: Well, yeah. And that, that's one of the cool things. I mean, you're, you're someone, you've got tens of thousands of uh, followers on Instagram. I mean, so it's like, you know, you're, you're living your life, you know, publicly and you're going to have fans. I mean, I'm sure at those numbers, like there's a certain number of them that you have some interaction with, but for the most part, it's like, they're just people who follow you and are interested in you and they're going to know you better than, you know, them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, most of it, you don't, you don't know, I mean, because I have, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, on LinkedIn alone, I have like 16,000 friends. Yeah. So, and then Facebook, I have almost 5,000 friends and you know, Instagram, 20 something thousand followers. And it's yeah. like, again, and, it, and it's, I mean, it, it's, it's good and bad. I mean, it's great because you have the ability to connect with so many people, but I think nowadays, no matter who you are, you just have, you have to be so careful and always think that, I mean, I have, I could, I could write a blog about messages from stalkers. That's for sure. <laughs> so. uh,
0: uh, how often, and this is, uh, okay, I was just curious, and you don't have to answer. How often are you getting messages from like stalkerish folks? Like, is this like every day or is this like just every now and then? Like,
1: you know, pr- um, I would stop every day, sometimes every few days. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yes. Yes. I've had people try to hack into my Snap, Snapchat accounts try to hack into my Instagram accounts. Yes. Like, I mean, and like, and I and think, like I said, yeah, it's it's a different world than it was, but yeah.
0: God, I mean, but I guess, you know, here's the question though. It's like, you know, you, you're so strong on all these uh, on all these social media outlets and you also have the PR background. So does that give you, you know, a bit of a leg up in terms of, you know, how to handle this and grow this and leverage this and, you know, yes. deal, deal with like, you know, the Looney Tunes out there?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, from working in PR, and you know, working in casting, I've dealt with a variety of people. So because of that, I didn't go in and growing up in the entertainment industry, and you know, going to Hollywood since I was really young. I'm nothing shocks me. Like it really takes a lot for me to like to be shocked. I've heard it all. I've seen most of it. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> so so it's like so unlike other people where it scares them or bothers them, it, it takes a lot. I mean most messages I just look and I'm like, okay, another, you know, another stalker. And I just kind of laugh and I, and I save them. Yes. I don't, I keep my messages in case I ever have to report them to authorities, but I'm that person where unless it's like really scary or threatening,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: kind of just, you know, I see it as part of job and just kind of laugh at it. I mean, you say when you don't have stalkers, it's when you have to worry. Yeah. Right.
0: It's like, like you're, you're creepy. You're not a threat, but you're creepy. Like, let, like let, let's, uh let's analyze it here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and again, you, and it's always about, you know, drawing the line. And I think as a publicist, I know exactly, you know, what to say, what not to say. And from coaching my clients, it helps so much in myself because I'm learning about what to do for my career. Whenever mm-hmm. like I've helped my clients write interviews, I've coached my clients in their image. I apply all that to me. And I think that that's really helpful because since I don't post very personal things, I understand you know, I understand social media. I understand how public it is. I think my PR background really does help because I think a lot of people have had to deal with worse situations with stalkers than I have because they're posting where they are. They're yeah. giving out personal yeah. information because they don't have that PR background of you know understanding you know, how media works and understanding you know, how people work or working with clients and seeing your clients have stalkers and then realizing, okay, this is going to happen to me when I get back into acting.
0: Yeah, it's like it, like don't post that photo of you at you know Pebble Beach while you're still at Pebble Beach. Like you know, just yes. wait, yeah. wait, wait till you're gone and then show the great time that you had. So you don't have like ten thousand people show up. You know, all <laughs> <Yeah.
1: stuff>. exactly, <laughs> but, exactly. Or some people have even seen them post pictures where you see the address to their home or apartment in the background. And that's
0: not smart. That's not good. I yeah.
1: was <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and then I was like, yeah, because I'm like, you never know. All it takes is one wrong person and. They investigate and there they are.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just like like it's one of those things where it's like like for me, it's like I I really, really limit and like I don't have anywhere near the following that, you know, you do or or other actors do. But it's like like I I limit very much what I put on there to, you know, okay, if it's Instagram, it's pictures of like food that I've baked since quarantine started and like Pictures of like me and my kids and my wife having fun. Like that, that's all you're getting on there. And usually, generally, it's after the fact, unless it's the food, because you can't tell where I am. You can just be jealous that I made a good sourdough. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and like, you know, Twitter and stuff, it's like, yeah, I'll put some stuff out there, you know, politically. But most of the time, it's just, okay, here's funny things that I've seen and here's promotions for the podcast. And it's like, I just try to, like, because everything that you put out, you're just trying to create a message and a brand image of yourself.
1: Exactly, and it's all part of your brand. And I think that that helps me so much with acting, with my PR background, is understanding that you are a brand, and that you can't just say what you want on your public pages. That let's say if you want a page where you want to talk about personal stuff, then make a private page, um, and then make a public page for your career or your fans. Yeah. Because you know you understand, and you see all these stories. You can get there's thousands of them on Google of people losing their jobs whether mm-hmm. it's an acting job or, you know, office job or otherwise because of a social media post. So knowing PR nowadays is, is so important and understanding like how your your brand and everything that you say or do now is public.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, what's fun to me also is that, you know, just going with, you know, you utilizing your PR background is that a lot of the uh, the interviewing and, t- and hosting work that you do, it, it's yes. kind of like this fun like middle area in between acting and PR, where you know you're using both of your skills all at once. I mean, it's, you're like like a superhero. It's it's cool.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I like I like that. I like that. I like that term. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I definitely will use that more often.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you should. I mean, because it, it's one of those things where it's like, look, you know, very often what you'll get is you'll have somebody who's up there with like you know a couple of questions being fed to them, or you're going to have somebody who is just like you know a basic PR person up there, but you rarely get somebody who is like, yeah, look, I work in the same field as you, and so. Let's you know talk about stuff, but also be able to commiserate on some stuff too.
1: Yes, no, definitely. No, I, I think it's it's so helpful. And you know, whenever I'm doing interviews and taking photos, and really, no, it, it does because I can relate to everyone on the red carpet from the publicist. When I'm walking the red carpet, I relate to the publicist running the red carpet. Um, and since I've been a reporter and a host, when I'm doing interviews, I can relate to the host.
0: So just something I was always curious about so like the red carpet like I know like okay So mostly I work in single camera TV. It's a fairly small world A lot of folks know each other. I'm gonna take a guess The red carpet is somewhat similar as well where you get out there and it's just a lot of the same folks over and over and over again So it's like almost like a community
1: Yes, no, it is I have to tell you since I started getting back into red carpets and you know One of the reasons why I miss it so much was that it was almost like going to college again in a way like having a you know like an after school club at college where oh, cool. you see the same group of people and you guys run into each other you know all the time mm-hmm. because from you know like when I started walking red carpets again was four years ago already I can't believe time flies I was like why it's it's insane um, but when I, <laughs> I mean literally I was like can't believe 2016 was four years ago so that's when I started getting back into the red carpets yeah and within about a year like after about a year of walking red carpets, every time I go on a red carpet, I'd see people I know. And so then it started becoming, you know, a lot more fun. And, and even like when I go to, I can go to an event by myself now and any event I go to, I'll run into someone that I know. So it's not just work and taking pictures, but it's like you get to catch up with people and see what they're doing and socialize. And, you know, it's, well, it's a festive, fun atmosphere, definitely.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's funny because, you know, like we were yakking and yakking before about how like, you know, the industry can just swallow your life. But that is the other side to it is that, you know, look, I, I would say like 80 to, uh, 80 to 90% of the people, you know, that I work with, I genuinely like as people and I'm happy to see them. And so like, even though like, you know, you're, you're working all these long, crazy hours and everything, you're seeing people who, that if you had the option to, you would see socially while you're at work. And so, you know, in a lot of ways that, that almost like, you know, helps uh, ease the pain and stress of all the long hours.
1: No, and I, I totally agree with you with that. And I have to say like for every you know, acting job that I've had, I've always left that job with at least one or two friends or even more friends from set because I've met so many great people. And yeah, I mean, like I said, every job and there's people where I've been to their birthday parties and, you know, you know, see them, go to dinner with them and stuff. And there's people I still keep in touch with today. And I think when you're on set for long hours too and you guys are on a situation that most people can't relate to, but you can relate to, mm-hmm. it kind of builds a bond. So I think that there's like a bond, you know, that I have with my red carpet friends that are, let's say different than my high school or college friends, because it's stuff that that you're going through on a regular basis that you guys can all talk about and share your story.
0: Totally. Look, when I, when I talk to my friends, you know, for, you know, college, high school, you know, whatever, and they have questions for me about, you know, what my life is like, you know, I try to explain to them. I'm like, look, you know, I go to a job somewhat like any other, but the only difference though, is that I'm there fifteen or sixteen hours a day and I have no single day that's the same as any other. I I don't know what curveball is gonna get thrown at my head at any given second. You know, that's that that's what you know the life is like.
1: Yeah, no, it's so true, and that's what what I love so much about it is that mm-hmm. you know, like other other jobs and almost like groundhog groundhog day where every day is oh, like yeah. the same thing and over and over. But with acting, even if you're working on the same film for three months, every day is different.
0: Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, for you also, you have the ability to create a new character and build one from the ground up on every show that you do. So, you know, you can go and do something for a couple of months and then the next show comes along and you're getting to do something, you know, new and totally different in a totally new environment. And so, you know, I I feel like there's there's something very attractive about, you know, that level of, you know, uh, change in originality. As you go from you know job to job to job in this business,
1: yes, no, definitely, and I think I think that's one of the best things about it because you know it, it never gets boring, and there's always something to look forward to. You know, when, when things are filming and, and back to normal, of course, and so,
0: <laughs> whatever that normal will look like, <laughs> yeah, <I
1: know. laughs> like I mean, anyone's guess at this point. Yeah, I I,
0: I, I'm ge- I'm guessing I'm going to have like a nasopharyngeal swab up the up to the tip of my brain uh, <laughs> times a week. That's you know, that's what I'm guessing normal is we- like. <laughs>
1: you know what you know but you know like if that's what we have to do with be on set you know you're passionate about your career if you're willing to do that so oh god yeah look
0: <laughs> like, like you know there there was a uh a, a, it was like a meme that came out like you know when quarantine first started and it was like you know our grandparents were asked to you know go to europe and you know fight a war we're being asked to you know you know netflix and chill like you know it's like we we can do this and You know, again, they were asked to go, you know, uh, across the ocean, fight a war and face certain death. Like I can deal with something being stuck up my nose. Like, you know, I'll be okay.
1: Yes. I remember seeing it, man. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, still, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I understand, but I still hate this quarantine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I get it. I mean, trust me. It's like, like, look, there is a plethora of things that I would love to be doing and love to be working on right now, but it's like, nope, I'm in the house. It's like, I can golf. So that's great. And I can go to the supermarket, uh, completely covered in uh, you know, every bit of protective wear that I can possibly get. And <laughs> and then I can go sleep. like that that's what I do.
1: <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> like pretty much, right? Kind of sums up. Like I sure, your golf game will be good then starting you know, up, right?
0: Oh, maybe totally! Can, absolutely! No, I'm, I'm maybe be all become a and Everything would be great.
1: <laughs> maybe a pro golfer in your spare time, right? <laughs> I God,
0: I wish if if my game were improving at the level that it should, I would be incredible. But uh, it's you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. But it's also yeah. one of those ones where it's like, I barely have 20 minutes a day to work on it, unless like I get up at five o'clock in the morning and go play like nine holes or something like that. That's the time where it's like I'll actually like get like a decent amount of practice but like, like i mentioned before i played with my kids today and it was yes. great but my kids you know they're they're five and seven so after five holes uh. and so it's like like all right guys we'll go home and like you know yeah i know
1: we'll, yeah when you're playing my kids are really just playing for fun <laughs>
0: oh yeah, oh totally I, they look at me like you need a scorecard i'm like nope nope that is not gonna <laughs> that is not you're gonna like, get to play today <laughs>
1: You're well, like, not with this game.
0: <laughs> no, no I'm, not, I'm not telling anybody that somebody won or lost. Like, that's, they're just going to get through this, guys. And that's that. <laughs> so, let me, so let me ask you now, obviously, uh, you know, you're constantly working on stuff. And you had started Malibu Crush, a new movie, right before yes. all this happened. So how far along into the process were you guys? Oh, gosh. And, well, we
1: were just, we, so we were announced, it was announced in December of 2019 that we were going to begin filming in March. Okay. Um, and so then before we were like right a few weeks before we were supposed to get, begin filming, mm-hmm. they found out about the coronavirus because it was starting in February. So essentially, we didn't even get to start filming because they found out about the coronavirus in February. And then they said, okay, well, let's postpone the sheet till April because we have to figure out what's going on with the coronavirus. Right. Um, and then, of course, the shutdown happened in March. That was a big day. When they announced the shutdown, which happened to be March nineteenth, which was my birthday, oh. so that's gonna be a birthday to remember
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it an un- unhappy belated birthday, i guess uh <laughs> no. yeah. to say
1: I'm like, I took a rain check on my birthday this year, so. yeah yeah <laughs> i like, you know, I've, I've had a few birthdays already, so I'm like okay i can I can skip one <laughs> um, but so, but um and and so and so sadly, I mean that was like you know one of the most you know, sad, you know, awful days because that was going to determine whether or not we started in April as, okay, yeah. what's going to happen with coronavirus? And then the shutdown happened.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so now we've been rehearsing, you know, having meetings on Zoom, rehearsing on Zoom. I've been doing publicity for the film. We have um, a PR firm that, you know, sends out some press releases. So I've been doing some interviews. So that's been exciting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I have an interview coming out in Action Magazine, I um, believe in July, it's like so. Um, super excited about that! It's an exclusive interview. So
0: we'll be on the lookout, uh, Action Magazine, in July for Jessica Ross's interview.
1: Yes, I will first post it on my social media, <laughs> of yeah. course. And um, so I've been doing you know a lot of publicity to promote the film, but we haven't been able to shoot any of it. So we've done we've filmed rehearsals on mm-hmm. Zoom, and we've done you know a lot of practicing and meetings, mm-hmm. but we're going to begin shooting as soon as the restrictions are lifted further, because right now it's going to cost, like I said, twice as much to film.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I know like bold and the beautiful, um, they actually just started shooting again today and I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. My only guess is that it's like, because I, there there have been a couple of shows that have said like they want to like quarantine the entire cast and crew in a hotel and like leave them there for two weeks and then like bring food to them. And like I've heard the unions have pushed back on that. Like I heard Tyler Perry had that plan. And you know, the unions were just like, well, our, our our members will not be prisoners to your show. Like, but um, you know, my only guess like with them, it's like, you know, they're on a certified soundstage, they're not going out on location, it's the same people every day. So if they were able to somehow secure like, you know, a really like intensive testing regimen, then technically at that point you're okay as long as you know that when you're going to work, nobody there has it.
1: Okay. That, no, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. And, um, and of course with them, they have the budget to make all the protocols. So yeah.
0: yeah, well, you got CBS behind you. So I mean that, that helps enormously when you have a studio and not just like, you know, when you're doing an indie and it's like, you know, an independent financier or two that are putting all the money into the project.
1: Yes, exactly. No, but, and it's, and, and I, it'd be interesting to see like how their set looks. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, how they're accompanying everything, because we're waiting until the the restrictions are lifted further and, but we're still going to have to change things. I mean, whether it's scenes in the script or how we shoot or where we shoot, we're supposed to shoot in LA and Australia. So now with things being more difficult, depending on where it's easier to shoot, they might just shoot in one place and then improvise, you know, editing to make it look like the other city.
0: You, you guys might want to try to sneak yourselves on a boat to New Zealand. I heard there's no Corona there and uh, you can go and uh, quarantine yourself for two weeks and uh, then you just go shoot the movie and be totally safe. It'd be great.
1: And that sounds like a plan. I'm, I'm going to bring that, up that idea in our next meeting, actually. Uh,
0: honestly, do it. Like, cause until all this gets better, I, I think New Zealand is like the next major production center. Cause it's like, you're actually, you're safe. New Zealand, I heard Australia is actually doing well also. So maybe your, your whole movie's in Australia and you just enjoy a really great tax credit while you're there.
1: I know. Yeah, exactly. I might just have to stay there for a few months. I'm like, yeah, I could take a break from America at this point. <laughs> so,
0: no, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, so America is like, a exhausting right now. <laughs> like,
1: let's yes, be- I think I could use a very, very long vacation somewhere far away. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> I, I totally understand. I totally, totally get it. So, I guess you know the the last big question I'm to ask you is like, you know, for you for you as an actor, when you take a look at you know your career and everything that you've done, and I don't know if you've feel like you've hit this point yet. But at what point do you feel like, like what what is the milestone that you want to hit where you say, like I've done it, I've made it, that's it. Like you know, this is the peak, and now I just have to maintain this.
1: That that's a, that's a very good question. I would say that there is no exact peak, but I would say that you know that your career is that you've essentially made it when you're on a national TV show. Like if you're on a show on E! or NBC, you're, you know, in a film, in a feature film that's being shown nationwide in theaters. I feel like that's when you know, like when you have a supporting role or lead role in a film in theaters or you're in a film in Netflix and it's getting national attention Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're on a TV show on a major network. So I think like that, that's really when you know, because once you're at that level, then you're, you know, you're doing it very well. I mean, if you're in a, a supporting role in a big budget film—that, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, that that's definitely a good sign. And I think though, I think because I'm so ambitious, and I think with a lot of actors are the same way, is that you're never fully happy, and that you always, you know, are moving towards the next step. You want that bigger role, that bigger career, you know that bigger film or TV show. So I think when I do get there, I'm gonna want something different.
0: Awesome. And so your idea. So then, like, you know, when you're going out for parts, like, you know. This is just something that popped in my head. Like, what what is your ideal role that you want to play that you have not played yet? And I know this sounds like a very rote question, but I'm just like, I'm just interested.
1: No, no, no worries. I mean, gosh, you know, there's so many different roles I would love to play. I mean, I would love to be, like, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Devil Wears Prada. And Mm -hmm. I learned so much about work and life from that movie. So I would love to, you know, have a role in a film like that, like a lead role in a film like The Devil Wears Prada, like an intelligent comedic drama where I can show many different facets of myself and really show my talent and show different sides because I've always admired actors that can do both comedy and drama. I think that being able to throw yourself in different roles is so important nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would really you know like I said just love to have a starring role in a feature film that is intelligent and you know that showcases you know women in general in a positive manner and that can be inspiring to my fans and, and, to, and to viewers.
0: I love it. All right. Well, Jessica, I think that's a really good place to end it. Um, look, it, it was an absolute pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on in.
1: You're welcome. It was great interviewing. It was, it was a great interview. And thank you again. I look forward to chatting sometime soon.
0: Absolutely. So everybody listening, if you'd like to learn more about Jessica, you can follow her on Instagram at Jessica Ross Official. Again, that's at Jessica Ross Official. So be on the lookout for Malibu Crush. So that's going to come as soon as we're all able to get back to our lives and they can you know, start and finish this movie. And uh, also we mentioned it before, but Jessica's got an interview coming up in July in Action Magazine. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, Jessica, thank you so much again for joining me today. And everyone, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard or you had any questions, please email me at info at the top Again, that's info at the top Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a comment. I love hearing what people have to say. You can also follow me on Twitter at at Sprucey Boy. That's S-P-R-U-S-Y-B-O-Y, where I post the latest news and announcements for the show. Thanks so much, everyone. Stay safe and healthy. out there.